0: What's going on, everybody? The Questionable for Sunday podcast is back. Coming up on, what are we on, week 14, week 15? I don't even know.
1: It's Jesus the, Christ. It's
0: the semifinals. That's all I know. As always, joined by the commish. Connor, what's going on, man? It's going all right.
1: Uh, I had a, a Finally, I broke the losing streak this past weekend. You know, it's one of those things. It's bittersweet, though. I'm happy that it's no longer going on. But at the same time, it was kind of nice to be known for something in the league.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's got to it's gotta be a little bittersweet feeling. Like, you get to dub right off the bat in 12-ball. You avoid any humiliation. Uh, but your season's over now. So, you <laughs> yeah, know, and, like,
1: you know, it's like I was, I felt like my team was in a good position, and I made all these roster moves. I mean, I'm rostering three defenses right now, I believe. And all of that was for, for weeks 15, 16, and 17. And turns out it doesn't even matter because I'm already out. So,
0: what can you do? Yeah, you rostered three defenses so you could drop. Cam Acres, who our special guest here is benefiting from, we got Curtis joining the show. What's going on, man?
2: I'm um, I'm loving it. I've uh I've been making moves. It's all about that toilet bowl prep. My whole season has culminated in this moment. That know? shit is so stupid, but, by the way. It's so fucking stupid.
1: Now I see why you want to have Curtis on a talk about fucking Cam Acres. I, mean, oh, we'll, yeah, we'll, I didn't even we'll think about there. it until now until Holy you started talking about your
0: roster, about God how good your roster damn. is. But those defenses that you know, so you could avoid total bowl that you're not going to be in now, but Hey, teach their own. Uh, but... Paying it forward. Much appreciated. Can
2: I say,
1: I'm just trying to help the little guy out. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. But, but trickle
1: down economics,
0: uh, an odd week for you last week in that you technically you had a game on ESPN, but it did not matter the buy. You smacked AMAC in the, in the hypothetical matchup. So I don't know. I don't know. If that's a, silly. I don't know if that's he, a good he, thing or a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you find yourself in a in a similar situation for a second straight year. Uh, last year you were kind of oh let's the, not get uh, carried away. Last, now, come on, Eric. La, I mean, Did last you year get, you had, you had have, a strong. Eric's team. not used
1: to asking yet. questions to the guest early on, and
2: it just shows. What do you mean? Right now, I got a question. I mean, like, last I've year you set up. This is an interrogation.
0: Last year you know you had a good team. You found yourself in the total bracket and somehow no ended up in this, well, How in is this? this how this is this
2: year difference? Uh, got uh, team this year, to I don't know about the here.
0: good team part, but you, <laughs> you find yourself in the, in the same situation. I mean,
2: I myself drinking my problems away. That's what I'm doing.
0: As someone who uh, hasn't been in the Tobo bracket in a while, could you kind of uh, tell me what's going through your mind right now coming off a of bye? Dude, I'm zen. You your next I'm zen. I'm I've,
2: zen. I've got this. I've got my routine down. My week 16, uh, 15 and 16 routine is uh, pretty well established now, you know. They say it takes 30 days to build effective habits. Um, it's taken me two years, but not too scared.
1: Yeah. Wait, once you get to 10,000 times, then you'll be an expert at it, from what I hear. It's yeah.
0: true.
3: Shout so out. It looks like, shout out, Malcolm. Uh,
1: shout out. Yeah, it looks like this week you're playing Spencer. Now, out of the uh, other people remaining in the 12 bracket, Jordan and Amac, I think that Spencer
2: has the strongest team. Um, are you
1: concerned going against Spencer moving forward?
2: Uh, you know, I wish I was on the other side of the bracket, I'll be honest. Um, but you know, for once, I think ESPN's got the projections right. I'm projected number one scorer for week 15 without a doubt in my mind. Uh, I don't know who that single, I, (laughs) Eric threw out some, some made up name the other day claiming that all ESPN projections are bullshit. I didn't say they're bullshit, I was just saying it was one guy. guy. I I think that they're heavily researched and uh you know <laughs> frankly the the best predictive tool that we have in this world so uh, I'm fully expecting to slap the shit out of Spencer like I did Amac in our uh, our hypothetical matchup last week.
0: Yeah, I think I gotta say I think everybody kind of hopes that they're on the same side of the bracket as Amac and whatever matchup they're in they're kind of hoping they match up with them so uh, a tougher matchup going against Spencer in the in the second round of the tole here but. Uh, Obviously, you know, it's all about the total bowl, right, Connor? So all eyes will be on that bracket this weekend.
1: I mean, I don't think anyone gives a shit about the championship. People even in the championship don't give a shit. I was talking with Joe and Jerry earlier today, and both of them were mostly focused on the total bowl, which makes perfect sense because it's not about who wins. It's about who loses. And that's a great segue, Eric. There's a, there's a, 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 a card game I used to play. It's called The Rock. And it's a great card game because there is not a winner. All there is is one loser, and the goal of the game is to not lose. It's one of my favorite games in the world, and that's how the world works, man. No one wants to be the sucker at the end of the line getting no bread, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, some quality notes from Connor there. Let's quickly look at the scoreboard here from week 13 and see how the matchup shaked out. Week 13 or 14? What was last yeah, week? Eric, week 14? 14. 14. <laughs> Can you 14. tell me, Eric? Who's the, uh, who's
1: the podcast host? Really,
0: I can't remember anything or read, as I have the scoreboard right in front of my face here, saying NFL Week 14. Uh, but you know, I'd
2: like to. No, I wouldn't like to relive my
0: Week 13. Never mind, scratch that. Re- reading is overrated. But uh, let's look at the scoreboard here.
3: Reading is uh,
0: overrated. Starting the playoffs, it was me versus Hovi. I had come out victorious as the high scorer of the week, 146.7 no the one forty-six point seven to one twenty-three point eight. In the other first-round playoff matchup, we had Ben. Taking down uh, LBS one thirty point three to ninety two point nine, in the highly coveted Toible bracket, uh, first round matchup Connor breaks his seven game losing streak one forty five point one to one hundred four point four. team
1: went of off Jordan. Dude, so frustrating.
0: And uh, the other matchup, highly contested, came down to the last game: Spencer versus Chris. Chris comes out victorious one twenty three point six to one twenty point nine. So chris and connor you have been flushed from the total bracket and like i said earlier in the hypothetical uh, matchup that didn't mean anything between curtis and amac uh, 119.2 to 75.8 but i don't think amac says lineup he had a couple guys uh inactive there but uh
1: that's the spirit now hey curtis if i had asked you last week to predict the winner between chris and spencer and then me and jordan uh would you have chosen me and
2: chris no i think i would have chosen you but uh you know the the fear of spencer's team is is alive and well i would have taken spencer to get the fuck out of that bowl me too
1: man that's actually kind of a shocker to me um i think that it's pretty clearly jordan and amac are at the bottom sorry boys uh and you know they're lucky enough to be on the other side of the bracket so you know we'll see how it plays out um curtis any last words about your matchup with spencer are you confident
2: i'm confident um i think that it's going to be interesting to see how the injury reports shape up, right? Because Spence has got a ton of Lions. So Stafford and Galladay, their status going into the weekend is going to be key for him. I think he's got Swift, uh, and he's Marvin, got Marvin Jones sure. and AP mm-hmm. sitting on his bench. I don't think that's going to change. But um, yeah, what, who is who's the backup? Chase. Uh, Chase Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. Oh wow. And he's what? He's a decent backup, it seems, but he's uh, he's. No, Matt Stafford. Yeah. Not that that's high praise, but
0: Stafford's pre- been pretty solid there. Especially he uh, got uh, Julio too, who's he missed last yeah. week. He's, I mean, every week it's like he's exactly. a game time decision every single game this year almost. Yeah, so yeah. and really then Mostert
2: where. as well. I think his condition uh, going in the weekend is going to be a big swing in our matchup too. Because I've I picked up Jeff Wilson um, for yeah, a I block, it, yeah. and I am so stoked. I think I might like that more than Cam Akers' pickup uh, for the price. We're not uh, talking dude, about Rae it. Moster, he, he sucks, We just right? talk
1: about how guys on my team, The mo- I hold on to them for 12 weeks, I drop them, and they go off.
0: For like a Isn't third, for Jameis Winston, dude, hell a good pickup.
1: Uh, James White, add him to the list as well. He was a hot commodity on waivers the week after I dropped him. Cam Akers is now an RB1. What it's the true. fuck happened? It's
2: yep. bullshit. Cam, Cam Akers, I, I think my pickup there is going to... Uh gonna go down in the anals of toilet bowl history i think it will and can i just say if if anyone was able to pick up cam acres i'm happy it's you curtis thank you very much
0: me too because he's not on any of the playoff teams um yeah i guess connor it's kind of unfortunate for the rest of the league since your season's over you're unable to drop anyone anymore so we can't pick up any of the really good players that you drop it's Um, true so it's kind of rough one for the team still alive Uh, but let's look at our highlights here for week 14 that's right, week 14, I got it right this time. I'll start with you, Curtis. What was your highlight for week 14? Uh,
2: besides the obvious, like, league stuff, which I guess is kind of why we're here, um, I, I've i got one from the Discord. <laughs> Where, uh, I guess a highlight that, I don't know, I never thought we would see in the year 2020. Eric posted referring to himself as <laughs> Dad. <laughs> In, in a totally under-the-radar post, like, I was just looking back through the Discord, trying to, you know, scrounge around for Week 14 Highlight. He, he calls himself, Dad is celebrating his first round of victory <laughs> tonight, courtesy of Ovi. <laughs> like, so much has changed, you know? I'm, I'm back-to-back Toilet Bowl competitors. Uh, Eric's a dad. Like, shit has gone all sideways on us. Shout was out. that
1: before or after he posted that picture of a huge penis? <laughs>
2: Uh, not sure, but and can I just say that's, that's the dad. second
1: time I've been. Someone from the league has sent me that picture in the last month. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? Okay, God damn it, Chris.
0: I gotta say though, no one responded to my post, so obviously it wasn't that good. But. I'm, I'm glad you appreciated it, Chris. It's, it's
2: creepier in retrospect. <laughs> let me say yeah, that.
1: Yeah, you can't encourage poor behavior. You're kind of like a dog in that respect.
0: Well, you know, Connor already reprimanded me for talking about my own players uh, over Discord one week. Uh, I wasn't sure if that extended to other teams' players. I don't know. I didn't know if I could talk about them in the Discord. So I feel like you know Sundays are 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 hard for me because I'm just like man, just trying to talk some football on the Discord. <laughs> Meanwhile, like. I mean, Amac doesn't even know what Discord is. Like, right. uh, Chris probably doesn't even know who's he's starting. Like, what teams sure. they play for. Ben still thinks Brandon Cooks is on the Saints. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he might as well be. He scored zero points last week. Yeah, uh, and to Connor's started. By the way,
1: you know, if you have any questions about what you can and cannot post on the Discord, I'm always available. Just hit me. I'll text you. I think I'm I send, on
0: that. all my Discord messages. I'm just going to start sending to you before I post them, so you'll Perfect. have final approval. Makes uh, sense to make sure they're league worthy. Uh, but, Connor, uh, let's go to you. What, do, what was your highlight from this last week?
1: You know, mine's kind of boring. It's, uh, uh, it's me getting out of the toilet bowl bracket. I think it's a little bit, you know, it's kind of a lame highlight. I was excited, but not really. What really pisses me off the most, though, and, you know, I hate to, you know, harp on some of the same themes or motifs that I have in this podcast, but let's take a look back at week 11. Week 11, my team on the up and up. Yeah, a couple of losses in a row. Not a big deal. I trade for T. Higgins, who, you know, has been – was a rising star in the NFL. And don't you know, Joe Burrow tears his ACL and his MCL in a game. He scores me 11 points against – which is just nothing. T. Higgins only scores me four points. After that, T. Higgins kind of falls off because he loses his main quarterback comes to the end of the season, I missed the playoffs by 25 points. I guarantee you, if Joe Burrow doesn't tear his ACL and his MCL in week 11, I make up that 25 point deficit and I'm in the playoffs. So in my head, I'm Restable. actually in the playoffs and Tristan isn't. Now I see Tristan put up a fucking goose egg, Ben also his team's trash last week. I put up 140. <laughs> I should be in the uh, the semifinals against Joe. So I told Joe this week if he doesn't outscore me i'm gonna be so pissed off because then my teams in my head will be in the finals
0: just like last year and connor's just the hypothetical eig champion you might you might as well just give him his own entry onto the league picture just like the the ghost champion i'm just
1: saying i'm three ligaments away from two championships okay
0: i got a question for you connor what time do you wake up on sundays depends on the day (laughs) uh on average do
1: you guys just have like a set schedule like i go to mass at 11 a.m every week i
0: don't don't think so do you i mean because i mean this is a second this is like one of multiple times this has happened now uh you mm-hmm. you started the goat brandon cooks in your wide receiver spot this week uh he did not play so he scored you a zero
1: doesn't uh, even matter i scored i was the second highest you were the scoring second, team could have been the first the highest scoring team
0: though if he would have uh, Nelson. i know there's that's, another... a, that's the thing
1: though my team is so nasty i literally start players who, who aren't even playing and i still win it's crazy it's
2: kind of like the mercy rule in little league right it's, yeah. it's, it's a gentleman's game, fantasy football. You don't want to, you know, show you, show up your opponent in the in the playoffs or otherwise as uh, <laughs> we find ourselves in.
1: And to be honest with you, I mean, I'm not going for points. It's, it's Total points don't matter anymore. So for yeah, me, yeah, I was I like, you know what? I can play someone who's not even
0: playing and I'll still win. It was really just me flexing on the league. Yeah, it's kind of just like psyching out Jordan's players. It just really sent the message that uh, Connor's team just didn't think much of Jordan's team.
1: Can I say one additional point on that? Uh, now, did it, question for you, Eric and Curtis. Uh, yeah, so obviously Brandon Cooks didn't play. He was in my lineup. Uh, did you guys hear me bitch and moan about it to the Discord all Sunday? No. Because no, it, it was your fault. No, exactly. And, I, and like a man, I took my punishment. Shout out AMAC. Jesus Christ, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, shout out AMAC for, uh, yeah, sure. All right, we'll shout him out one time. Uh, my highlight of the week was. Yeah, wait, wait.
2: Well, let's go back to that, Connor. You gotta pick a. You gotta pick a side.
0: you gotta Oh, pick a side my you're side. Just oh. to firmly
2: lean on.
3: Okay, let oh,
1: side we're is about, that you. Talk play, play, okay, it. hold on a sec. I- I'll answer that. Uh, my side is that you play the players in your lineup, and that's it. And if they don't play, it's your own damn fault. And that's, that's how it goes. So, when Brandon Cooks is in the lineup, he scores zero points. Do I go on Discord and bitch and moan and ask my opponent if it's okay for me to play and make a swap? I don't do that. No, I'm a fucking man, dude. My balls dropped when I was eight years old, okay? I was in the top percentile of puberty at, at a very young age, okay? And that's why
2: I was Did the presidential fitness score tell you that?
1: My sit and reach was insane, okay? Better believe it. But all I'm gonna say is that yeah, you know, obviously sometimes you play players. Maybe you sleep in past eleven a.m. It's my Sunday. What can I say? And yeah, sometimes they don't play. But at the end of the day, it's your own responsibility to sub those guys out. I didn't, and I take the punishment. Of course, my team's good enough, so it didn't really matter.
0: That puberty percentile just skyrocketing through the roof out of young (laughs) Connor there. Uh, But my, I'll finish with my highlight. My highlight was, uh, you know, last week on the pod amac was or no not amac amac was giving me shit for a bunch of garbage but connor was also talking shit about mitch trubisky who i started as my quarterback last week the biscuit scored 24.9 points he was the qb7 for the week helping me helping lead me to victory as i was the highest scoring team not connor because he started brandon cooks so that was my highlight of the week picking up the double qb7 is that
1: below average for qb1s if we take qb1 through 12 as being starting quarterbacks oh nice dude i mean
0: 24.9 points i mean uh i think you would take that out of your quarterback but hey you're not you're in games that don't matter joe burrow
1: scored in week 11 i will give you that
0: it is true my other highlight though was uh watching spencer and chris's game come down to the wire on monday night spencer with chubb and hunt he had like a huge deficit but since both of them had monster games uh he lost he ended up losing by like three points or whatever uh had that game gone to overtime i feel like spencer had a pretty strong chance of eking it out, Uh, but Chris holds on and, uh, you know, avoids any 12-ball punishment, and now Spencer is the one who moves on to play Curtis, I'm sure. I don't know, Curtis, if you'd rather would have played Spencer or Chris in this week, I would assume. Chris. Probably Chris's team, but...
2: uh, I think the safe bet is always Chris, just, uh, you know, letting history be our guide, but uh, no, I haven't taken a look at at what that hypothetical would look like, but... No sense in dwelling in the past. I'm focused on Spence.
0: Exactly. No sense dwelling in the past. That does it for the Week 14 recap. Uh, Connor, I heard you had uh, you had one more thing you wanted to say here.
1: Yeah, I got something to say. You know, uh, I've been. I feel like I've been a little disrespected in this league. You know, obviously I didn't go to Cameiac. I don't have all my high school buds getting my back. But when Hobie tells me that he's better. Than at basketball than me, I find that highly offensive. As someone who has not only a right hand but a left hand and can make left hand layups, and yeah, sometimes I can go behind the back and I can do no look dishes. And yeah, maybe I can't jump that high, but it's not a big deal. I make up for it. I'm the I'm the box out king. I just think it's actually insane how Hovey thinks he can beat me in basketball. And I thought it was so unfair. For all of these Kamiac assholes, a.k.a. Eric and A-Mac, to just jump on me and say, oh, yeah, Hovey. Well, 10 years ago, Hovey was pretty solid, so he'll kick your ass at basketball. So, you know what? I'm going to officially take this moment to challenge Hovey in a one-on-one basketball game, two eleven post-COVID, maybe this summer. And, you know, I don't want to hear any of those damn excuses, Hovey, like, oh, man, yeah, I've put on some weight. So have I. We all have, okay? That COVID-20, whatever you want to call it. How about this? Let's let's play some basketball. Let's let it get our skill set up. Maybe we'll start exercising up. You know, up to that date, we'll get in a little better shape. But at the same time, I, I actually felt like I had to go to my high school friends and get someone in my corner to talk about my basketball skills. So that's exactly what I do. I did. Uh, Eric, please hit it. From the KGW HD studios, where the news comes first. News Channel 8 at 10 starts now on Northwest 32 TV. Good evening, I'm Brenda Braxton. Tonight's 10 at 10 starts with a claim by a Portland man that he was once above average at basketball. We have top story coverage by News Channel 8's Seamus O'Sullivan. He's live outside Jefferson High School where the suspect once played in a summer camp. Seamus? Brenda, that suspect has been identified as 29-year-old Connor McHugh of Vancouver, Washington. Private investigators have told me that at one point in his life, he was decent to okay at basketball. And now I've met with multiple eyewitnesses to corroborate this tale.
2: Well, I think when you think about Connor as a basketball player, you really got to think about his progression and growth from being that, you know, seventh guy at the end of the
0: bench on his freshman year to the fifth guy at the end of the bench, his, jun- his junior year, you know?
1: That was Matthew Owen, a fellow graduate of LaSalle High School who watched many of Connor's games from the sideline. I was also able to find another member of that LaSalle High School class of 2010, David Leslie, who played collegiate soccer. When asked about Connor's athletic ability, this is what he had to say.
3: Uh, yes, it was
0: uh, non-existent. Um, his, he, he was a try-hard um real brown noser to the coach
3: i remember um and i always remembered they would take him out when the game got tight or not tight i mean they really didn't put him into the game was kind of my recollection of his play
1: david now do you remember anything else about his play style Uh, was he a high jumper
2: jumper probably 16 millimeters
1: Interesting. Now, 16 millimeters is also the same size as the world's smallest seahorse. Um, David, anything else you want to add? Any moments in particular stick out to you?
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And I believe he's the only player to ever foul out before the second quarter started.
1: Well, there you go. But in my quest to find out more about Connor's play style, I also reached out to Andy Hilsenkopf, who I'm told is the most knowledgeable person about Connor's basketball ability.
3: Uh, yeah, so
0: I, I did have the unfortunate um, opportunity to play with Connor. It was not fun.
1: Oh, really? Not fun? Um, well, give me something positive. What was his
0: best trait? Um, his best trait was just probably being annoying. I think everyone on the team really despised playing with him. Demanded the ball all the time. Couldn't really do anything with the ball. Um, and love to not get back on defense. So I think probably not getting back on defense is probably overall his greatest strength.
1: Now, Andy, if you had a critique of Connor's basketball ability, what would you say it is?
0: He couldn't run up and down the court twice.
1: Well, that's not good. And in my research of Connor's basketball ability, I came across a game of his, actually. A flyer from the LaSalle versus Malala High School basketball game back in 2012— where he it looks like he played only one minute. Andy, do you remember anything about that game?
0: Can't lose too much of a lead if he Connor only gives up four baskets in a minute, so.
1: Right. Um could you also think of another reason why they'd only play him one minute in a game? Because that was when he'd get tired. So he'd have the minute, he'd come on, come off. That's all you could get. And there you have it, folks. Eyewitness accounts of Connor McHugh's basketball prowess, as told by members of his high school. But, Brenda, the real question here is not was Connor McHugh a below-average-to-bad basketball player 10 years ago, but does he currently have the skill set to take on Hovey in a one-on-one basketball game? And to that answer, only time will tell. Back to you, Brenda. Thanks, Seamus. Coming up, due to COVID restrictions, dogs everywhere are catching their owners masturbating. Stay tuned. So there you have it. I finally went to the people in my corner who backed me up. And Hobie, let's do it, man. Let's make it happen. This summer, post-COVID, one-on-one, first to 11.
0: Let's go. Damn. I was wondering what happened to Seamus O'Sullivan. Uh, Glad to hear he's doing okay. And Brenda, I mean, that chick sounds like she's on some testosterone treatment.
1: Yeah, uh, Brenda Braxton, for those of you who don't know, is a famous newscaster in the Portland area. It was so nice to have her assistance on that last
0: segment. Uh, Curtis, I don't know if you've ever seen either Hobie or Connor play basketball, but uh, you may may be able to provide the best analysis as a non-biased party. Uh, Early early preview, what are you thinking goes down?
2: You know, I'm not a basketball player, so, uh, you know, both of their (laughs) – Athletic ability would uh, would certainly exceed mine, and uh, you know I have seen Connor play. I think we I think we might have played like an IMA game or two. Might have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know my job was basically to just stand in the middle and kind of get in the way, but only when the other team had the ball was my understanding. And uh, you know I, I saw Connor pull some moves, so uh, you know I'll I'll go with the devil that I know. Connor's got my bat, my
0: vote. Let's go. Connor, you got Curtis on your side. Uh, You know, COVID vaccine on the way. So, you know, maybe this summer we'll be able to meet up as a league again. I think Uh, that's the biggest storyline behind the vaccine rollout, honestly. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, that's what the news, clearly that's what the news is talking about as the COVID vaccine comes out. The highly anticipated 1v1 To 11? Did you say 11 or eleven. To 11. 11. We were
1: talking about it last week and we talked about the 7. I think we just got to go 11 ones and twos,
0: obviously. Well, ones and twos, 11. And I I shout out AMAC to be the referee. All right. And you got AMAC as referee, so it's official. I'll buy him the shirt, too. Connor's issued the challenge, so this summer, summer 2021, hopefully it goes. We'll see it go down. Uh, Coming to a driveway near you. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, We Speaking of 2020, though, we wanted to kind of look back at the fantasy year. Obviously, it's not over, but coming down to home stretch here, we kind of wanted to take a year in review and uh, talk about kind of some of the storylines and what went down this year and how things shook out. Uh, we obviously talked a lot about people's teams at the start of the year after the draft, but uh, now, you know, look back at the end of the year, kind of see how things shook out uh, and where people may have gone right or gone wrong. We're going to do a year in review here. So we're going to start with our biggest surprise of the season. And uh, Connor, I'm going to dish it over to you to start. What was your biggest surprise of this year?
1: You know, I don't think there were too many surprising parts of this past year i don't think there was anything too crazy um in a close second place i'd have to say it was chris smart's draft i thought he did a good job that was quite surprising but just the fact that it's second place and it was at the very beginning just goes to show you there wasn't a whole lot of crazy moments in my opinion and i gotta give the biggest surprise to tristan making the playoffs uh lbs himself uh showing that yes he can play with the big boys unfortunately he can't play for very long but he did make it so congratulations tristan that's my uh big surprise
2: Comeback player of the year, for sure. Seriously.
0: Yeah. Being from uh, from last place in uh, the playoff. Last place in the bowl, the last place in the playoff. <laughs> in the topo, the in the playoff. Uh,
1: Developed a whole
2: back. new career path, too. Exactly. Man's doing it all. He's on fire. 2020 Seriously. is his.
0: Uh, my biggest surprise of the year... 2020
1: is uh, his. <laughs> all 15 days <laughs> left of it.
0: <laughs> Live it up, buddy.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's all downhill once January hits.
0: Uh, my biggest surprise... I kind of hate to say it, but I feel like my biggest surprise is that Uh, Connor's team ended up not making the playoffs. Ended up being uh, bad. For say, what what was your regular season record? Four and eight. Four and nine. Four and nine. Uh, You know, during the draft, I feel like you kind of underrated your team in the draft grades. I think you know you made that trade with Curtis during the year. I feel like that was going to put you over the top. It it ended up not being anything for either of you. Um, Some questionable roster decisions at the end of the year. um, I gotta say, but uh, like what? I mean, we don't need to dive too deep here. I us like do We've, it. we've already uh, beaten... No, go for it. I want to actually...
1: Because no, I don't think you actually think any of my roster decisions were questionable. I think you were just saying that to shit on me.
0: I mean, at the time, I we've already talked about your trade with Joe. Uh, the, the, oh, okay. the roster decisions and, uh, you know, dropping some of the players that you dropped, obviously in hindsight, were uh, not great. But I feel like even at the time, I would have uh, shared similar sentiments um but i feel like um you know a little surprised i feel like your team is probably better than i mean tristan's team obviously with McCaffrey out didn't have much of a chance at all in the playoffs even with McCaffrey, i don't know if he would have been able to make much noise but i feel like he could have maybe snuck into that sixth spot but uh you know it's 2020 was i guess wasn't your year, year connor
1: i mean i could have stuck into the sixth spot had joe burrow not tore his acl and his ncl
0: what can you say yeah, he would have scored we're like gonna, we're gonna forty have to points that week. And
2: of... stories for another year. Is that what you're telling me?
0: <laughs> you're gonna find out. <laughs> it's fucking
2: Groundhog Day, man.
0: Uh, Curtis, what was your biggest surprise of the uh, 2020 fantasy season?
2: Uh, so my, I w- I actually went through uh, in the five minutes before here all of the the waiver reports and uh it's incredibly boring and tedious work but i did it so that uh the rest of you don't have to because it's just bullshit like you would never do it but i did in the uh in the sake of creating content and uh wasting everybody's time with my words so my biggest surprise probably is that hovey is not at the bottom of the transaction counter Mm -hmm. i'm shocked i mean he was he was marginally bottom in 2019. I checked that too with 16 ads on the but year. The
1: last eight were like
2: the last week or two. That's right. Like he That's really
1: right. turned it on at the end due to peer pressure. So
2: who knows where he, he, he was, would he was just showing off at that point. Um, it's definitely inflating those stats. That's those are some garbage time ads and drops <laughs> for Hovey in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2020 he's uh, he's bottom third. I think I think he had 25 on the year.
0: 21 um, tied 21. with Jordan.
2: There we go. Who's at the bottom again? Is it Amac?
0: Ben with fourteen, ben. Amac with fifteen, Tristan with sixteen, Jerry with nineteen, all sit below Hovey and Jordan there. I'm not saying
2: that there's a correlation there with winning percentage. I'd be interested. That might be a good statistical deep dive for the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get get our best analysts to work on uh, <laughs> that that kind of hard hitting uh, I mean we got to employ the scientific me- method, have some double blinds and all that shit right mm-hmm. We really need to tease the date the, the answer out of the data but uh, you know I'm, pr- I'm pretty confident that, that would be my hypothesis.
1: We can get our intern to take a look at that. yeah
0: we're gonna have to uh, I think
1: it's interesting though if you sort the season stats by uh, moves the out of the bottom four teams there's two playoff teams and out of the top four teams there's also two playoff teams.
0: And yeah, uh, so Ben was last place with fourteen moves. I lead the league in moves with. I'm sorry,
1: three playoff teams in the bottom four. It's Ben, Tristan, and Jerry, and then the Uh top two are you and Joe.
0: Yeah. So, as I was saying, I made fifty-six moves. You're as number one. Ben made fourteen, so that means for every four, for every fourteen, for every four moves that I made,
1: what did we just say, Eric? I don't even know what I just heard. For every four
0: moves? moves that I made, Ben made one. So,
1: now Curtis, in your deep dive of those waiver reports, did you also look at the post waiver acquisitions, which is an Eric Erickson slash uh, Joe Erickson hallmark with a
2: four a.m. pickup of someone who was just dropped at two a.m.? I did, um, and so so basically, to to summarize all of this, I I don't find many surprises really in the value that was like extracted off the waiver wire. Which really surprises me. I don't, I don't know if that's like a function of the deeper scoring lineups this year, or just COVID madness or what. But I mean, I'll I'll go through what I think the best transactions were um, in terms of like you know seasonal impacts and cost and all that. But I th- I think you'll agree with me at the end. There's really nothing. There there's very few league changing waiver wire pickups this year which which really surprised me like in retrospect
0: but i um, i do love to say this uh the two the two biggest waiver wire pickups of the year as far as impact on a team i would have to say are mike davis and justin jefferson as just yep. player wise across all fantasy leagues probably uh, all fantasy leagues played anywhere uh the same person in our league picked up both of those that is my co-host here connor so connor made you know probably picked up the two most impactful players in fantasy this so year off waivers and uh still didn't, didn't make even play off four and nine yep. so i don't know if that's With
1: also drafting deandre hopkins stefan Diggs doesn't matter
0: you know connor obviously showed off some some nice proud some nice fantasy skills picking up both those players but also uh you got to question his managerial decisions when he's able to pick up both of those players and still not not make the playoffs. But uh, Curtis, anything else to say there on the waiver wire pickups?
2: Yeah, let me let me go through <laughs> a few. Um, so I th- I thought that the best move was Connor's acquisition in week three of Mike Davis. You know that's a that's a scarce position with some pretty long term dividends. Right, all season mm-hmm. he was a viable starter. Um, there was just a couple of games where you knew, actually, just one, right, where you knew in advance that McCaffrey was coming back, and that you wouldn't have started. Uh, yeah, I think it was just Mike one. Yeah. it's weird
1: though. He had like one injury that took him out for a while, and then he he's had a couple of recurring ones. I had no idea. I don't think I think all of us. No one had any idea he was gonna be the starter for 12 out of 13 weeks. That's pretty nuts. Right.
0: You know, actually, in our uh, first podcast of the year, my bold prediction was that McCaffrey would finish outside the top five in running backs. So obviously, I knew that he was just going to miss multiple games this season. and feel good.
2: I think it was the same week that Connor added Justin Jefferson for a hot $0. Value-wise, I think that takes the cake. I I think it might have been – I can't remember. I think it might have been all low to me compared to previous years. What do you I mean, guys think? Geo Bernard yeah, exactly, can't forget about people.
0: him. Yeah,
1: Geo <laughs> was a good pickup for a bit there. Yeah. For a while now, he's not anymore though. He's really on waivers.
0: Off, but uh, for for a few weeks there, he was a solid pickup yeah. for Jordan.
2: Outperformed Melvin Gordon, that's for sure. Yeah.
1: Uh, Wayne Gallman was also a good pickup. I wrote that down.
2: Um, I picked him I think, up,
0: but then I traded
1: yeah, him. So yeah, he was kind of uh, picked up and tossed around, but he's been um, a pretty decent mm-hmm. play since week seven.
2: So, yeah, for sure.
1: Also, um, I got to give credit where credit's due. What about, I don't see uh, JD McKissick on this list
2: at all. That was a pretty solid pickup by you. He was he was in contention. I think it was week three, I picked him up for like nine bucks. And somehow, I guess my team was just that bad <laughs> forever <laughs> that I hung on to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, in the last six weeks, he's been serviceable, a, a pretty solid flex. I wish it was a full point PPR mm-hmm. he'd be he'd be like back end RB2 <laughs> easily, right? Mm-hmm. Um, don't know how the Alex Smith situation is gonna play out that's a, another story to monitor for everybody's uh you know most anticipated matchup of week week 15 um, if he's out JD machine JD uh the checkdown machine probably probably doesn't get as much love but we'll see
0: yeah I think I actually picked up JD because like, like right before the season started and then the first week he didn't do anything he hardly played so I was like all right mm-hmm. he's my guy to drop and then a few weeks later you know he just he's just been the dump down machine this year especially with alex smith i mean he's had like yeah. multiple games of double digit targets and like even double digit catches i think a few games yeah.
2: he went 10 for 10 like two weeks ago yeah. it's insane
0: so like i mean full point PPR would be even better but even mm-hmm. a half point ppr as, as a flex play yeah uh, super solid pickup there mm-hmm. let's look at our next category here our biggest mistake of the season uh curtis i'll go right back to you what was your biggest mistake of the year
2: yeah, so with the same theme as the the waiver pickups here. Um, <laughs> this the same week that that Connor picked up Mike Davis for 135 bucks, Hovi spent $90 on Dion Lewis. <sighs> Dude. That's that's bad. That's I, I don't know what else to tell you, buddy. That's uh that's hard to defend even at the time, I think.
1: No, okay, well, I got to put my hand up You know, unlike Eric, my co-host, I am all about truth and transparency while Eric lives in the post-truth world. I also – I was actually the highest bid for Dion Lewis that week. I think it was for like 125. But because I also put in a bid for Mike Davis at 135, I got that and didn't get Dion Lewis. I thought they were both great pickups, but thankfully – I got Mike Davis and not Deion Lewis. So.
2: That that just makes the Mike Davis pickup that much better. <laughs>
0: you could add had Deion Lewis. Almost had Could it,
2: have I had Deion Lewis, yep.
0: I feel, yeah, I mean, at the time, it was kind of unclear who was going to be the lead back uh, for mm-hmm. the Giants. Uh, I don't think Deion Lewis is ever going to be a guy. It's like a three-down workhorse. Um, right, so. and the Giants
2: are not the team to use a running back in any kind of experimental way i think as they demonstrated with the the wayne gallman use over the last three years or two years however long it's been Uh, a close runner-up i thought was week eight amac dropped 50 bucks on dexter williams similar similar kind of situation there right like aaron jones was out that week yeah yeah who who uh, knows who's gonna be the
0: guy i think connor was the one who picked up tyler Irvin, who ended up being like an okay you know Plug-in yeah, play, like flex for a couple weeks. Nine or ten for a, for a pickup? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty solid. That was but
2: Still, a little philosophical question for you. Do you spend, if you know that a guy's going to score you 10, ten points for a week, do you spend 50 bucks on him? And I that's mean, it. You All
0: you need is one week. It kind of depends on you know where you're at. Like if you're, like Ben or Jerry both started the season super strong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of they're maybe in a situation at that point where like a win or a lot like a loss play doesn't break their season. So maybe 50 bucks is a pre- steep price to pay, but like Amac at that point, he was maybe like a 500 team. Obviously was, looking yeah. for a win. Like, you know, obviously it's easy to look back now in hindsight and be like, oh, Dexter Williams and 50 bucks is a bad move. But I think, you know, when you're, you, you're kind of just taking it week to week at that point, you're trying to get in a win where you can. And if you think that Dexter Williams may end up being the starter and spending 50 bucks on him may not be the worst play. Um, so I'm not going to super fault him there, even though it, ob- it obviously didn't work out for him. And, you know, this season this has gone extremely downhill since then. Connor, anything to add there? No. All right. Any, Curtis, any other any other mistakes or biggest mistakes from you there?
1: Oh, wait. Oh, wait you want me to add to what I think the biggest mistake yeah, is or Connor, what Curtis what... thinks? Connor.
0: Yeah, take it away, oh. Connor. let's jump yeah, to me. What sure. was your biggest mistake? Oh, sorry. The-
1: I didn't realize you were gunning to me for the my biggest mistake. Sorry. Well, when you wrote this in the show sheet, you said uh, biggest mistake of the season. So I didn't take that as my own mistake because, once again, I don't make mistakes. But I do want to point out very briefly that I have done a little bit of an analysis here. And I hate to throw someone under the bus who may already be under a bus. Um, but I got to give a quick shout out to Spencer. Um, Spencer ended the season, as everyone knows, and actually I think this will go down to EEIG history, him ending the season 2.9 points out of Tristan for the last playoff spot, that was pretty nuts the la- other last week. Um, and, you know, I, I went back and actually looked at some of his decision-making over the season to see where he, where could he have possibly made up those 2.9 points. And I think he actually made very good decisions across the board, but there was one trend that I saw um, that I think that maybe that could have changed the outcome of his season. An he undying had... love for Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. But what I really want to focus on is actually something that Tristan would really pay attention to, which is the fantasy defenses that Spencer played. In week nine, Spencer played the Tampa Bay Bucks against the new orleans saints now the new orleans saints have the fourth best offense against fantasy defenses the bucks over the season are the ninth best defense and they ended up scoring negative two points now that's week nine so my data on those rankings are not accurate uh they're uh working current but on his bench that same week he had the miami dolphins defense who played against arizona now arizona is the sixth ranked offense and the Dolphins are the third best defense. Dolphins end up scoring five points. That's a seven-point swing that would have put him into the playoffs had he played the Dolphins defense over the Bucks. And I'll tell you why I don't think it's that crazy of, of a decision. I went back through. And the Bucks, even though they are the uh, – let's see. The uh, – I lost my – play. the the, the ninth-best defense, excuse me. Weeks one through five, the Bucks averaged 7.9 fantasy points a game. The moment they lost V to V in week five, which was a huge blow to their run defense, their average dropped two points a game to 5.8. And that number goes down to 4.6 points a game if you take out their game against Green Bay, which I'm going to call an outlier. So since week six, the Bucks defense has averaged 4.6 points a game. In that same time span, since week six – the Miami Dolphins' defense has averaged 11 points a game. That's almost three times as many points. So I feel like if you were to make a decision, you have two decent defenses going against two decent offenses. Between the Bucks defense and the Miami Dolphins, I feel like given the data, I would have chosen the Dolphins. And if Spencer had made that same decision, he would be in the playoffs, not Tristan. So I'm sorry, baby. Sorry, my boy. But that would be what I think a pretty big mistake.
0: Yeah, a tough one there. Obviously, the defense is, You know, I feel like a lot of people are rostering more, multiple defenses this year, so those kind of decisions come up every week. I do have to say though, you know, if even if Spencer would have snuck in the playoffs, uh, even though he had a good week last week, he would have ended up losing the ben. So but maybe see, maybe he can know, take some that solace in hindsight. that is hindsight.
1: See, you can't. You can say that now because we know about the outcome. What I'm saying is that in the moment, I would have made that. I would have played the Dolphins uh, D over gotcha. the. Gotcha.
0: I'm saying. All right. My... See, once again,
1: Eric, you focus too much on historic success. You have to make those decisions in the moment and try to predict gotcha. the future.
0: Gotcha. Like starting Brandon Cooks. Sometimes it doesn't <laughs> work out for you, you know. <laughs> my uh, biggest mistake is season. You know, a few weeks back, we, uh, we, me, when Joe was on the podcast, we went over all the trades for the season, and we kind of talked about how we were kind of surprised at the, the the low number of trades that happened this year. And I feel like my biggest mistake of the year were to a couple people for trades that they didn't make, uh, one was Ben drafting three quarterbacks. He traded one, but I feel like he could have definitely uh, bolstered his team by trading either one of Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Um, you know, it may end up not a matter. Wait, have Ben's I heard the, you make
1: this claim before? Is Ben's this in the, in the, the first time bringing this now, up on the
0: podcast? I do think he's going to beat Joe this week and find himself in the championship, but I feel like he could have really you know made a significant improvement to his team by trading either one of those two quarterbacks and helping himself out at a, a different position uh the other one was tristan holding on to mccaffrey as it kind of came down to stretcher. i feel like uh he was just kind of being too stingy with the offers that are out there he could have made dealt mccaffrey um you know at this obviously in hindsight now McCaffrey's going to be out this week it sounds like would have really been a good move for him because he hasn't played Eric, for however many what, weeks now. But what were you offering for McCaffrey? Uh, I mean, Tristan asked me. I included. I had a deal that included Tyreek Hill and Antonio Gibson, uh, and also included Justin Herbert on his end. Obviously, he has trended downhill these last few weeks. Sure. What and week was that offer made? Hey, what well, the deal you know,
2: was? Hill, Hill, and Gibson for McCaffrey and Herbert. McCaffrey, Herbert, and
0: Ravens D damn and uh this was after he said i want tyreek and gibson so i gave him the offer and then he said after that he said oh no hill and gibson isn't a good enough package after he asked for them but uh just putting it out there um
1: what what week was that though i feel like when a guy is injured it's all about like i mean like for example going into his matchup with Kobe, right
0: Going into his matchup with Hobie. So, whatever week that was, uh, okay. well, I want to say it would have been like 11 you had or 12. Michael
1: Thomas, right? Yeah. So, at the very beginning of the season when he first got injured, it probably would have been like, you know, we didn't know how long he was going to be out. Th- then he was out for quite a while. So, mm-hmm. maybe at the beginning of that time span, probably his lowest value. But if it was the week before he was scheduled to come back, you're probably asking for almost the same value as Michael yeah. Thomas, as if he Agreed.
2: was solid. So totally and, and unfortunately he he was scheduled to come back like week eight or nine or something, and I'd already started off 0 and six. So <laughs> Eric called it right. I was you know, I was gearing up for a toilet bowl around. You can't you can't dig out of 0 and six, there's no fucking way. Mm-hmm. And the the value that I would have gotten from Thomas starting Owen three, you know, that right, that's Owen two, maybe I maybe I should act uh, maybe that's a lesson learned for me. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that. I
0: feel like it was the Carlos Hyde, the infamous Carlos Hyde podcast where I called out Curtis for, you know, holding on to Michael Thomas. And then I think yeah. after the pod, Conor, actually talked about it. Like yeah. at that point, it was probably, it probably didn't matter if Curtis traded Michael Thomas at that point in time, because right. at that point he was like in points scored and in record, he was so far out of it. It right. probably wasn't going to matter if he traded Michael Thomas or not. But yeah. I think you hit it on the nail, Curtis. Like in hindsight, week two or three of Michael Thomas being out being 0-3 or whatever you were uh, you probably could have traded him at that time to a mm-hmm. team uh, who was probably feeling confident about their playoff spot unfortunately for you like the teams who were probably feeling good about the record wise at, at that point were like Jerry or Ben it right? probably like two people who are uh, not likely to make a trade yeah. if it was like myself obviously I'd be a player someone who would be looking to I oh know, yeah you would, have been, you would
2: have given me a great offer I'm sure <laughs>
0: I mean, I make Tristan a great offer for uh, Christian McCaffrey. You did. I, he said I it agree was, with was. He you. said it was no good. Um, yeah. But, hey, he doesn't bring those offers up, only the, only the ones that are quote-unquote bad. Yeah. I
2: um, mean, I, I did trade away Michael Thomas in a full PPR format for, uh, I think it was like week one or two, right after the injury announcement. And uh, I got a absolute gift of a trade offer in a money league. Right. It was like some ESPN rando league. Uh, but for a hundred bucks, uh, he gave me DK Metcalf and Kenny Galladay after the injury announcement, I think after the first week. And I couldn't say no to that. Now, yeah. I, I did not expect to get that same kind of offer. But, um, you know, downgrading a, a clear first round going into the season wide receiver for, you know, like a iffy second, third round pick like DK Metcalf uh, was thought to have been that would have been something that I would have been interested in, but just didn't get that kind of action here, because you guys are a lot smarter than I give you credit for.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I mean I, we said before, I feel like there wasn't a lot of trades that went down this year, I feel like there was definitely, in hindsight there was moves on the table that could have been made, that I feel like some of the parties involved probably are looking back, wishing they would have made uh, You know, obviously it's easy to look back after the fact is done mm-hmm. and kind of second guess yourself Listen, yeah maybe maybe
1: your continued harassment of people not trading with you will actually make people trade with you next year
0: I mean I don't I don't feel like I you know maybe in years past I've uh, you know gotten a little upset about maybe offers that uh, weren't taken but uh, you know I feel like this year I mean I made multiple trades this year so obviously I'm not that much of a bully I feel like I, I didn't harp on people too bad for uh, any offers not taking I I laid my case in any trades that I wanted to make. Um, but you know that's not the narrative that's going to get printed by you know the fake news EEIG media out there. Uh, isn't there a really... term?
2: Isn't there a term in poker called giving action? Yeah, exactly. I I th- I think uh, I think a little bit of that is needed to restore some of the the, the trust in uh-huh. the EEIG trades market. Um, I think everybody's scared of getting getting ripped apart in a uh, you know very public setting like this with all of our <laughs> all of our dozen of of followers. Downloads, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Our 30 uh, 30 downloads a week. What are we at now, Eric? Do exactly. we know? I don't know. Keep track? Have to check the stats. Oh man, I'll have to check the stats. I'll oh, the intern yeah. do it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, just getting ripped on the public forum uh, by one person in particular, probably Connor. But uh, let's move on to our next category. We're, we, we talked about the biggest mistake. Let's talk about the best move that was made. Connor, I'll go back to you. What was your best move of the year? So actually I wrote down
1: some notes and I was actually gonna highlight some of the um, great pickups on the waiver wire primarily because they benefited me. But quick shout out to Curtis for already covering that. I also had something else written down that I will cover gotta be the best move of the draft and i wouldn't be surprised if you guys are also planning on talking about this gotta be jerry taking james robinson for a yep. dollar god damn it dude! This, a full starting running back for a dollar i mean it's pretty insane I, and you know it's one of those things i feel like the last couple of years has been a couple guys you can get for a buck i think didn't ben get lamar jackson for a dollar jerry one got year? lamar jackson for okay. last year. yeah jerry and his one dollar draft picks god damn it but i was so impressed with that pick i mean here you have a guy who has been a consistent player that he's actually almost playing him in a flex spot for the most of the year because he already has Josh Jacobs and Alvin Kamara. Uh, James Robinson right now, the fourth overall running back. He got him for a buck. I mean, that's that's some damn good value. Quick shout out to Jerry's Berries right there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like all of us probably had that written down. I think it was $4 he ended up drafting him for, but whatever it was, it was less than $5. It was worth the price, oh, whatever okay. it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was 4 I mean i feel like before the year there was like five running backs that were all you know talked about maybe being the jaguar starter and uh you know jerry hit it right on, <laughs> nailed it i mean absolutely nailed it that's like been the biggest difference for his team this year um i feel like you know if james robinson is maybe half as good as he's been or you know end up being nothing then uh we're not talking about jerry's team as like number one or leading score, but I'll obviously pushed him over the top this year and he was a leading scorer by quite a few points and that yeah obviously was a big factor.
1: But just having three RB ones yeah. in
0: a deep of league as ours is is just absolutely nuts. And
3: I'm Bell saying counts. that as someone yeah.
1: who can barely get an RB two, so
0: Well yeah, yeah speaking Baker's as books. you're speaking as someone who poo pooed Jonathan Taylor five weeks well, ago. Well but...
1: yeah, I mean, you know. What Anyways. Can you do? Everyone gets lucky once in a while here.
0: Curtis, what was your biggest uh what are we talking about now? Biggest move made of the year. Well,
2: I, I pretty much covered it with my waiver wire uh, deep dive. Um, yeah, that, I, I got nothing else.
1: Can I add something, though, very briefly? Uh, you, sure. Your I permission suppose. is granted. Um, 4.8, 1.3, 0.0, by 3.8, 8.4. That's Cam Akers' fantasy score on my team every week. So, it's about nice. time to kick his ass off. That's
0: cuttable. It's cuttable right there. debatable but. We'll and see. that we'll eight points came on
1: his first touchdown of the year. So, goddamn,
0: what can you do? I'm gonna, uh, for my best for maybe I'm gonna, toot my own horn here and and uh, highlight a couple deals I made. One was dealing for Aaron Jones with Amac, uh giving up, Darren Waller, Justin Jackson, Christian Kirk, and some garbage for Aaron Jones and then turning aaron jones into antonio gibson robert woods and chris godwin you know obviously gibson's injured now but he played a pretty pretty big role in my success before that both woods and godwin have been you know pretty pretty solid receivers there so i feel like being able to turn what i had into those players kind of made my team a real contender now as i go into facing jerry in the uh, semifinals. Yeah, uh, but... I thought
2: that was a. I thought that trade with Amac was uh pretty one-sided when it went down, and uh, despite the big week from Waller a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty clear win for you. That's that's a difference maker on the on the same level that that James Robinson should be talked about, right?
0: Yeah, I I I said at the time, but I feel like I made trade offers to Amac that were probably better for his team, more even, uh, as far as kind of gains for both teams, but. He, we obviously ended up settling on that offer, which I was happy about, and I uh, ended up paying pretty big dividends for my team. But nobody cares about the teams that are squaring off in the actual playoffs. It's all about the Tolopolis, so we're going to dive into the Tolopolis chron- chronicles here. We have two experienced bowl participants and both Connor and Curtis here. So, uh, Curtis, we kind of already got your thoughts on being in a ball. I'm going to just say to you, Connor, you obviously are out of it now. Uh, So a nice situation for you, but you were a total winner a few years back. Uh, Talk us through now what it's like as you get prepared for total matchups, especially going into these weeks now, only two weeks left, the semifinal and the championship matchup. What's kind of going through your mind as you look at your team uh, heading into these matchups?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, I think that me picking up a couple defenses ahead of time just goes to show you the kind of stress that occurs in league managers as they get ready for the toilet bowl it is not fun it is a doggy dog world out there no one wants to be publicly humiliated uh, in front of their peers and that is the main push for people to actually do good things and pick people up and play guys who they want to play and make good trades people do not want to lose the toilet bowl or you know maybe win the toilet bowl however you look at it this year is none other it's just like nothing other we have Curtis against Spencer, which should be a pretty exciting matchup. I'll be watching that with great interest. I do think that Curtis will take the victory. Um, his team is projected 134 over 119.5. However, just looking at his squad, Cam Akers is going off that we keep on talking about. Lamar Jackson all of a sudden is starting to score fantasy points, so that's good. He's also got T.Y. Hilton, who had a good week last week. J.D. McKissick's pretty solid, especially I think that the the – uh, Washington football team will be down a lot against the Seahawks, so they'll be dunking and diving. Um, but I mean, really, it's all about the last place punishment. And I'm mostly, we'll focus on the other side of the bracket, Jordan versus Amac. I think that whoever wins this game slash loses, goes to Topo, will likely lose, and that's gonna be who we're gonna be punishing. And I just wanna throw it over to Curtis very quickly to take a quick look. Amac, Jordan, if we have to publicly humiliate them, by making a YouTube series, do you have any great suggestions? What would you like to see Jordan or Amac working on as content creators
2: on YouTube? Man, you know it's been it's been way too long since I've seen some poundits from Jordan, and uh, I gotta say that's like one of my one of my fondest memories from the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's this is somehow tying that in, like Jordan just getting belligerently drunk. <laughs> In, in in an in an all too small basement sounds like you know Tiny. some great great content <laughs>
1: and then harassing random the randos that showed up for pound maybe oh in a post-covid God. era once we get that vaccine we can video tim walking around seattle getting pounded from people i'd pay money that would, to watch that that'd be
2: it. amazing yeah just every all of us like yeah shit how how many years has it been now like eight years older and uh and dumber <laughs> Since then, like, yeah, yeah. that would be amazing.
0: And, uh, and Connor, I know uh, a little insight into the post pod of last week. You got to watch some of AMAC's coveted dance moves from the old, the good old Kamiac days. What do you think of a YouTube series on some dance tutorials from AMAC of, you know, different dances and maybe the league could suggest? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, it
1: was really easy to point them out in the video. <laughs> He's the only black guy. And I i got to be honest, though, I, I was—I I don't even know if I was impressed. The video quality was shit. It was so far away. I, I can't really speak to his dance moves at all. But I'll tell you what, I would definitely watch a YouTube series of him showing me some moves. And I got to be honest, you know, I'm known for a couple things. I'm known for dropping really good players in fantasy. I'm known for being an above average rebounder. And I'm known for my dance moves. So I'll probably be pretty critical of what he has to offer. I probably won't learn much because I already know it. But I would definitely uh, tune in.
0: Love to see it. Shout out, No Chasers. Uh,
1: Shout out, No Chasers.
0: uh, But yeah, but uh, Connor, I also have a really pressing question for you. It's extremely important. Uh, Mm -hmm. Are you prepared? Uh, Give me one moment. Yes, I am prepared. All right. My question is, does Miles Sanders have COVID?
1: Uh, My sources in the Philadelphia Eagles organization are
0: telling me right now that Miles Sanders does not have COVID. Wow. Back to you, Eric. Breaking news here on a question for Sunday. Uh Miles Sanders does not have COVID. You know, Chris doesn't have to say his line this week, so maybe we have to combine We should just him have him COVID. To tell him he has COVID. <laughs> tell him that he has that he's playing that Chris has a matchup this week. He's playing Curtis. Uh he did in fact lose to Spencer. Uh but let's dive into now our week fifteen preview. We'll start with the wave of wire pickups. There wasn't a lot going on, obviously. Four teams out of know wave wire contention here now so kind of a quiet waiver wire but curious to see what you guys thought of what happened uh curtis i'll start with you what did you think was the best pickup this week
2: yeah it was a snoozer uh i don't know i don't think anyone gives a shit about Lynn bowden bowden however you say his name i got nothing
0: connor you have any thoughts on the is it, you know Curtis kind of hit on there. There's only four waiver pickups this week, so there's not much to pick from, but did you, anything really stand out to you?
1: I mean, I thought that Jalen Hurts for 12 bucks was a, a decent pickup. Uh, um, I think that's Jordan who picked him up. I mean, he had over 100 yards rushing last week. That's basically a running back. He only threw for, like, 100 and something. I think he only had, like, 18 or 17 points. So he's not obviously going to make or break it, but I think it's a pretty interesting guy to just pick up. And, you know, Jordan could probably use the points. I'm not going to lie, though, uh, Lynn Bowden, dude. I actually thought that was – it's his Lynn Bowden Jr. And I was like, oh, my God. His name is Lynn, and he's a junior. And so I started freaking out. And turns out I kind of thought he might have been the son of Lynn Swan, uh, who is a broadcaster, not former NFL work. player. That's right, though. But I was like, oh, my God, it's that guy's son, the, the this broadcaster's son. And I go in and check. I'm like, oh, wait a second. It's Bowden versus Swan. They're not related. So one thing I do have to say, though, in my research, I saw that Lynn Bowden has over 70 tattoos. And I saw a picture of him when he was 19 and he had a bunch of tattoos um, while he was playing football. And I just got to be honest, man. We just got to be – as a society, we need to be truthful to ourselves. Those – colleges slash our colleges clearly playing uh paying these players under the table when i was 19 and in college i was poor as shit i didn't have six tattoos the tattoo costs over like 200 bucks man i see these guys fully tatted i'm like clearly someone's giving you money i can't even buy beer so shout out to all those poor fucks in college i guess i
0: have a strong feeling that maybe the tattoos that lynn Bowden was getting uh maybe didn't cost too much money but uh (laughs) i I, I hear you that's right
1: there was that whole tattoos yeah okay that's right but still though it's like all these guys have tats and i honestly i like tats but it's like god i didn't have the money back then to buy a tat. do you have any tattoos connor um maybe uh no i don't interesting
0: (laughs) okay i was saying maybe a topic for another podcast uh, great radio great radio yeah yeah. uh (laughs) I actually you know jordan reed for zero dollars anything was a bad pickup by jail he lost his tight end this week mike is sick, he got hurt he's gonna be out i would say probably for the rest of the fantasy season so uh jordan reed there i don't think it was a terrible pickup um eric you, guys, do you only
1: have one dollar left of uh, i only have, have
0: one dollar on left so i've okay, that, that makes one dollar on Jalen hurts because <sighs> i am not too strong at quarterback this week and uh use my the rest of my money on Lynn Bowden uh, expecting to get neither of them um, and that held true you now I feel like Jerry's not probably not going to play Lynn Bowden this week but who knows he, he does have, pick. yeah exactly he's kept and him. he is
1: actually in the flex I mean Lynn Bowden is a running back but last week they were using him as a slot receiver so yeah more of a
0: receiver and he is eligible at running back and receiver and yeah hand. so I kind
2: of uh, feel like that makes him less desirable though like, I'd rather him be getting mm. carries. Mm. I don't know. Feels yeah, like a
0: more He's, really, he's more of the. They actually had. A, he threw a pass last week. He, like, they used him all over the field. Yeah. Well, he
1: was. So I was, once again, in my research, thinking he was uh, uh, Lynn Swan's son. Apparently, uh, he was at Kentucky. He was a running back, or sorry, he's a wide receiver, I guess. And after the first and second string quarterbacks went down, he was playing quarterback for them. So yeah. he has some experience throwing balls.
0: He kind of plays everywhere. Yeah. Uh, in college and even with the Dolphins. So, uh, you know, who knows at this point, the Dolphins running backs is kind of a crazy situation as far as who they have healthy. So just having That's one of those true. guys. I just,
2: I just picked up Matt Breida this evening. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, uh, I'm finally, finally he, tuned he in. Activated on the, on off the, the uh, activated go from picking off the up Cam
0: Here we go. RB, RB1, <laughs> Matt Breida. I owned yeah. Matt Breida at one point this year, but uh, he yeah, found himself on the COVID crabs. list. Uh, but yeah, that does it for the week. What are we on? Week fourteen. I'm never gonna remember. No, it's week fifteen. <laughs> week fifteen, dude. Yeah, week, week fourteen last week. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> week 15 way more. Let's uh, let's quickly give our picks this week. Only four matchups to pick from. We got the two semifinal matchups and the two total semifinal matchups. Connor, I'll start with you. Who are you taking?
1: <sighs> I should. I, I got to find my Jerry team. Jerry, sure. I'm taking Jerry over you eric sorry baby i'm taking uh joe over ben ben's reign must end and then i'm also gonna take uh curtis to beat spencer sorry spence and in in the battle of the midgets i'm gonna have to take jordan over amac
0: all right i'm going with jordan over amac as well i'm taking myself over jerry uh, i guess you called an upset there i'm going with ben over joe so the two lower seeds i feel like both advance i feel like i would take i feel like ben's got a really strong roster this week i feel like i'd take him over anyone this week and uh curtis for spencer i feel like curtis also has a really strong roster so i'm going with curtis as well i feel like uh i really like his roster this week so i'm going there curtis what do you got yeah, I got to go with
2: myself as well. Uh, we've covered that pretty, pretty nicely. I got Jordan over Amac again. No surprises there. um I've got Eric. You just eking it out over Jerry. Um, I think that's going to be probably the closest
0: matchup of the week. A championship um, rematch from last year. Let's not play that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I dig
2: it. I, I think you're going to be a uh, second place yet again. Yeah, uh, but you got to get there first. Uh, it starts this week and then i've got joe actually over ben i'm looking at the rosters now i can see i can see why you like ben's team but i feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of like name value there that hasn't really delivered this year right like lots of upside for sure and zeke and locket if they can come back to where they've been uh at, at earlier points in the season but overall i i like joe's lineup a lot more for for the the recent production
0: yeah, I feel like just looking at that matchup there with Ben and Joe, I feel like Ben's team is kind of like the biggest boom or bust potential is because of like yeah. the correlation on his team. Like, No matter who he starts at quarterback, he has receiving targets that are also connected to those guys. If he starts Russ, he has Tyler Lockett, who obviously hasn't been great for like a large chunk of this end of the year, but does definitely have that potential to have a huge game. And I feel like he's you know, he's probably gonna go with Aaron Rodgers. That's who he has now against yeah. Carolina. So with connected with those guys, he has both Devontae Adams and Robert Tanyan. So, you know, obviously Carolina is a pretty good matchup as far as, you know, defenses. But if you know so the the upside is super high there, but also, you know, the floor yeah. ends up being pretty low.
2: That he, Packers game is going to have a huge impact because Joe's got Aaron, got Aaron Jones, Jones as well. As
0: well. Yeah. I mean, you look at the rest of band's lineup, like Deontay Johnson, he obviously has had an issue with drops lately. Um, but this, they're playing the Bengals, obviously a, a weaker defense. The Steelers don't run the ball a ton. They're going to pass it against anyone. It doesn't really matter who they play. So when you're going against a weaker defense with, with Pittsburgh, I feel like Johnson went some pretty high upside there. Same with even like Russell Gage as his second flex. Against Tampa Bay, I feel like that's going to be a high-scoring game. Allen Robinson with Trubisky as his quarterback against the Vikings, who obviously are not a strong pass defense as well. Um, It's I think that Russell Gage
2: decision is uh, I don't know. I think it's by far the weakest starting lineup slot between the two of them, and like Gage has clearly demonstrated this year that he can put up a goose egg or damn close pretty easily yeah he's had a couple of nice weeks a couple nice weeks back
0: to back so it's like but like you said you look at almost all the Ben's guys on his roster it's like definitely besides like Adams maybe it's like kind of high boom and bust potential like his running backs Zeke and J.K. Dobbins like you really don't feel great about either of those guys but if both of them came out of the week with like 15 or 16 points I don't think you'd be shocked um So I feel like it's a really interesting matchup. Maybe Joe has, like, more consistent players on his team. So maybe you're just kind of going with the floor there in in Joe. But as far as, like, upside, I feel like, you know, Ben's got much potential to be the leading scorer in the whole league as anyone this week. I agree with that. I'm definitely going to be
1: watching that Packers game, I'll tell you what, on Sunday. Be really yeah. interesting to yeah, Saturday, Saturday yeah. actually yes two games oh, on Thursday. Saturday this week yeah. oh there you go nice okay perfect so I think what's the, that all about I think I uh no think... college football I think maybe oh, isn't okay. that when they normally move games to Saturday no joke
0: I feel like now with college like college is in the conference championships this week so there's less games for college football so I feel like the NFL just you know yeah. tries to take advantage of that I think the Bills play someone on the Bills play yeah, the I can't remember who they play this week um, but the Bills are playing on Saturday. the Broncos. Yep. Yeah, it's the uh, Broncos. Bills and Broncos and then the, the Packers against the Panthers on Saturday as well. Um, so two games on Saturday. Make sure you got all your lineups squared off good to go. Hopefully, Connor are going to be up in time on Saturday. But you don't have so to I set mean, your lineup on this week. So We'll find out. doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, those are your peaks, picks every week 15. Um Obviously, a lot on the line here, so everyone will be tuned in. Uh, but... We gotta end the end the podcast on a high note here. So uh, Jerry has come back once again to to drop some berries on us. So um, let's see. Uh, when you put it like that, <laughs> we'll see what Jerry Jerry has for us this week.
3: Greetings and welcome to week fifteen of Jerry's Berries. As you know, this is your hostess with the mostest, Jerry! We'd like to take a quick moment to shout out to all our fans out there listening in. Thank you for your continued support. You know, people out there ask me if I fear or love doing this segment. Well,
0: would I rather be feared or loved? Um, easy, both. I want people to be afraid
3: of how much they love me. Now let's get to the fruit of the weeks and warn you of those bad berries for week 15. First up we have Michael Thomas and Brandon Ayuk, both projected 12.8 points. Thomas has been a disappointment this season but there is still time to save Curtis from the toilet bowl loser. Unfortunately that's going to have to wait a week because I like Ayuk to take over his projection. That has got to have Curtis feeling like he's a victim of identity theft.
1: Identity theft is not a joke Jim. Millions of families suffer every year.
3: Moving on to the EEIG showdown, let's see who's on top this week. That's what she said. As some people say, we're only interested in the toilet bowl. So we're giving the people what they want. In our toilet bowl matchup, we have Curtis versus Spencer and Amac, shout out Amac, versus Jordan. And I can't go chalking both, so I'm going to take the favorite in Jordan and the upset in Spencer. That means Curtis and Amac advance to face off in the tournament of losers. Which has to have them feeling like... No! God! No! God! Please no! 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 That's all for this week, and we'll catch you next time on Jerry's Berries.
2: You know, I'm I'm surprised at how well Jerry captures the uh, my mental health being in the toilet <laughs> bowl, having probably never been there before. Judging by the way he drafts year in and year out, well done, Jerry. Uh, you've obviously got an inside source.
0: I mean, I I gotta ask, how does it feel to hear Jerry just saying that he's taking Spencer in the matchup against you guys this week?
2: I can't believe it. It's uh, it's. it's it's not gonna uh, not gonna bring me down. I'm gonna gonna keep on sending positive thoughts towards uh towards my weekend matchup. And you know I got my players back. Dalvin Cook, I, I believe in you. If you're listening, I know you are. Cheers. Shout out. Uh, you know no Alexander Madison. That guy's a, a weak ass bitch. Scrub. He's riding riding Eric's bench now. Sitting I guess in my IR so I, spot
0: with his uh, yeah. appendectomy. <laughs> with his appendectomy.
2: He just. <laughs> Man, he, he can't come through even though i know spencer you know slipped him like a couple of 20s or something to to try and take a couple extra goal line red zone handoffs out of dalvin cook's hands uh dalvin cook is a is a monster and uh he needs to he needs to cook All quick right.
1: shout out to jerry though that was an awesome segment i was cracking up about the office references to someone who had the office season two on dvd back in the day quick shout out to jerry on that it's pretty awesome
0: shout out to jerry another great barry segment that's gonna do it for today's episode of the podcast curtis man it's great having you on thanks for joining us Thanks, Curtis, official
1: friend of the show uh second appearance on the podcast we love having you you're a great guest thank you it's good time connor any last words for our listeners out there any last words uh you know i i have one a couple some i do have some last words you know I think that this podcast has been a lot of fun this year. And, uh, you know, I think that we have a couple things in the works that will be awesome. So my last words are to stay tuned for next week. Uh, we're going to have a couple awesome segments about the ch- championship that no one cares about as well as the total which everyone cares about as a couple extra things as well. Um, we have a couple great things
0: in the pipeline, so stay tuned. Big things in start for question for Sunday. You gotta love to hear it. Looking forward to catching up with you next week again, Con. Uh, as
3: always, is a great show. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next week.
2: See ya.